What's up, tribe? My guest today is Ash Nike. Ash is a life coach, a holistic nutritionist, and he's appeared on the TV show 90 Day Fiancé. He's a man of many talents, but above all, I can't believe how nice this guy is. He's a genuine gentleman. Ash has been very vocal about what he's seeing uh, during this pandemic, and he hasn't been afraid to express those opinions. And it's refreshing when I see someone like Ash, who's got a big following, a a big audience on social media, um, put his opinions forward. And look, I had a great time talking to him, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, podcasting, podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Primodcast, independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. Ash, thanks for joining me. How are you, man? I'm very well, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Super, super grateful for being here, and I'm really excited about this uh, this podcast. I appreciate it, man. Look, um, I was uh, introduced to you. I think we linked up. Uh, Dr. Joseph did a lot Instagram live, and uh, you were one right. of the guests on there. And it's the first time I'd I'd spoken to you, and um, I think we spoke about you coming on pretty much soon after we did that live video. So, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. So, what's been happening, man? What have you been up to? Um. So what's been happening since last time? Um, same thing. I've been working. I've got a few. Well, I'm a life coach, yep. and uh, I've been working a lot with people lately, with especially with uh, people with you know with the situation that we've been experiencing. Mental health has been a massive, massive issue, and uh, people have been highly impacted by that. So this has taken a lot of my time, and um, and so also I'm trying to be a dad because I have a little 11-year-old that. Um, I take care of. So juggling work and being a dad and on top of what is going on around the world right now. So it's been a very interesting, challenging and um, situation to to live in. Yeah, definitely, man. So you're down in Melbourne. Correct. I'm in Melbourne. So Melbourne has, as you guys know, has been quite heavily impacted by the lockdowns, by the restrictions, by different things that has happened that has really affected a lot of people. Um, apparently we've been affected a lot by, um, the COVID when I say COVID virus is how it has impacted everyone from health, mental health, um, work-wise, et cetera. So yeah, Melbourne has had a fair share of, um, yeah, fair share of interesting uh, ups and downs. Yeah, definitely. I think we all know what's been happening down there with the, the rallies and, um, that, that pandemic bill, which has passed now which is very concerning, yeah. very, very concerning. He just seems that down there, he just seems to be on a different level. You guys have had it. In fact, you're the most locked down city in the world. It's been in Melbourne, terms of right. length. Yeah. yeah something days. That's, in, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Correct. Correct. I don't know if this is the, I don't know the science behind it. I still am trying to find the science behind the lockdown, which to date, um, I haven't found anything that is sustaining. <laughs> exactly right that's pretty much like having to have to like a little red candle that you need to to light up just to in the hope that you'll find that that answer because um yeah that's not something that we will find i guess no and that's what we all you know what that from day one i think that's all a lot of people have asked for is to see mm. proof and um you know justification for the measures because it's impacting everybody and when you have the government making decisions uh, that are impacting every single person that lives within that state 
you know, we have the right to ask questions and we want to see, okay, well, listen, if you're going to do this, can we please see the reasons are behind it to justify it? Because look, most people are reasonable. And I'd like to Mm. think that, I'd like to think that 99% of people are reasonable. um, But we haven't really been given a lot in the way of of evidence. We get told there's evidence, um, but we're yet to, we're yet to see it. Just said, it's such interesting one you've said right now, because we are told, we are told, as you said, we are told the evidence. We are told that this is what's happening. But then when you go and look for it, it's a very different story because all the information that we require is already on this website, this government website. And when you look at information, you're like, that does not make sense to what those guys are saying. When I say those guys, those politicians are, are narrating on, uh, on mainstream media, in their press conference, that does not make sense because they're completely different information that is being provided. So then you start questioning, you're like, well, what is going on? They have a narrative um, on the website when you're trying to find the, the truth. The truth is embedded in parts that becomes very challenging to find. Yeah. And uh, information that were meant to be ready, readily available are turning out to be really difficult to get. You do get them after mm. like researching oh, for like an hour, two hours, three hours, sometimes a day. Yeah. Uh, when those information should have been readily available for everyone to be able to see so that we can make an informed and conformed decision to what we want to do with, you know, the vaccine, for example. Um, those information are not provided to us, but we are being told that we need to listen to our, our politicians who are, who are being elected by us. We, are, we elected them to represent us. Now we are being told that um, we don't have the power to voice ourselves, to voice our concern, to voice our, our um, um, discomfort in uh, not taking something that we don't feel right to, to take. And because of that, we are being penalized for it by not being able to work, by not being able to um, now soon enough, I'm guessing next year, our kids who, the kids who don't want to get vaccinated or the parents who don't want to have their kids vaccinated will be barred from going to school. Uh, will be barred from going to sports activities, will be barred from doing a lot of things that should not be, you know, should not be an issue. So, yeah, so that's where I think the, the challenge comes from or the challenge arises. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a very interesting situation, I think, coming next year, especially with all those mandates coming out. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Definitely, man. I, I think... You know, this has been going on now for quite some time. And as this has gone on, um, and look, most people that I speak to, yourself included, uh, I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure you'll clarify, aren't opposed to vaccines in general across the board. They're not anti- I'm right. certainly, I'm certainly not an anti-vaxxer by any means. Um, I've, I've had vaccines before. My kids have had vaccines before. I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. But, you know, it, the more this has gone on, people start questioning it. And, and justifiably so, because there's no... I was just saying there's no evidence there's no data available from the government they're putting these measures in like your premier down there dan andrews he's not a doctor he's not a scientist he's taking advice getting advice from other people right so then yeah i'll look to those people okay they're a, you know a doctor or whatever it may be down there and okay well they've said this but where did they get that information from i, I like finding a I, man I, I love data i love statistics i like analyzing it myself because you know you could read yeah. one you could read a study i read the same study we could come to two completely different conclusions right right 
So I like Correct. going back agree, right yeah. to the beginning. It's the, the perspective of how we see things. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's important that we all have that. So we have mm. the ability to make an informed decision, which we haven't had the chance to. Like most people that have that have lined up and got vaccinated now, I'm prepared to say that maybe, oh, look, I don't know, probably, you know, if just say 90, 90% of people have had it, I reckon at least 60% of those people didn't get it because they wanted to get it. They got it because they had to get it for work, mm. for leisure, um, for, you know, freedoms, as they say. Um, and they weren't given the opportunity to to make an informed decision. That's a problem, a huge problem. But man, I think what we can really do now is is which is why well, I've got you on. It'd be great to have a chat to you about it. Is really focus on ourselves and 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 focus right. on how we can be the best version of ourselves throughout this entire thing. Because mm-hmm. we, we can't rely on the government. We can't rely on the health system at the moment. So we we have to rely on ourselves. And you know uh, whether it's mental health is obviously a major concern. Um, and I've seen that now um, the industry that I did work in prior to losing my job, because I didn't get the vaccine. Um, I worked in mental health. So I, I have a really good understanding of the impact of what is going on that it's causing and, and not only mental health, but physical health. I mean, a lot of us have been locked inside for the best part of 18 months. Uh, we've been, you know, mm-hmm. there's those time limits on how long we could be outside. So I, I think it's important that we really focus on on working on ourselves and being the best versions of ourselves. No, spot on, Chris. Spot on, Chris. Um, being you being in the industry, you will have a better understanding, better idea of what is really going on in um, when it comes to to mental health, how it affects us. It's one of those things that does not just happen within like a day, a week, or a month. It's something that builds up to a point that down six months down the track, it just explodes. And what it creates is like, this explosion is like a cataclysmic explosion. It's not just a little explosion and you're like, oh, you know what, I can keep going now. No, it really affects everything around you. It affects the people around you. It affects your mental health. It affects the people around you. It affects your your life, your work, your health, your emotional health. Everything is affected. Hmm. It's one of those um, issues, challenges that we can't see what, can, what happens is that we can see it, not straight away, but we can see it down the track. Yeah. So well, due I mean, to the look, fact that we-, we can see certain things immediately. Like, I mean, in terms of, it ranges, obviously you've got very, you know, in terms of mental health on a spectrum, um, you know, you've got things from just a, a mild anxiety mm. to all the way up to, to unfortunately, um, to, to suicide. And mm. I'll just quickly read this because I, I came across this this morning and I haven't posted it yet, but I'll, um, I'll share it with you now. Uh, this is from, uh, I haven't got the source, but it's, it's definitely an Australian <laughs> study. Intentional self-harm and suicidal uh, presentations for all ages were increasing and remain above both 2019 and 2020 levels. So uh, 2019, we had, where are we here? Uh, 462. Uh, yeah, 2019, 462, 2020, 461. Uh, but uh, in compared to 2021, we've had nearly 600. So there's quite a few more cases. But uh, what's concerning is here, so intentional self-harm and suicidal uh, presentations for children and teenagers aged up to 17 remain substantially higher than both 2019 and 2020 levels and moving into an upswing pattern consistent with the un- with the usual historical pattern. So 156 presentations per week, um as of 2021 that's compared to 90 in 2019 and and 83 in 2020 so almost double 
another one. Uh, and yeah. that's in, in teenagers aged up to 17. So that's, that's very concerning. I only came across that this morning. And you know what? I, this study is sustaining actually what I'm seeing right now because I do work with a lot of young kids. When I say young kids, I have a lot of young men around me. And what I'm seeing right now is more so, even with my, with my son, um, they're becoming very anxious very quickly. Mm. And um, the good thing is that they can voice it. They can, you know, he's, he's in the state of, if he feels anxious, he will tell me or he will tell his mother. But um, I can imagine there's a lot of more kids like him. And the reason why they feel anxious is that sometimes they don't even know what is going on within them, but their body's trying to tell them that there's something wrong. Mm. And it's being expressed in feeling anxiety, being stressed, um, feeling like um, they, they don't belong, maybe sometimes um, in uh, that environment. Because we are, being, we, are set, we are taking them out of how we should be as human beings. We are beings of meaning. Mm. We need other people. Not saying that, you know, sometimes you like to have your space, which is totally fine. And I hear that as soon as I say, oh, we are being in meetings, we need other people to be able to grow. It's great to be able to actually, it's great to be on your own. Sometimes I need my own space myself. And I yeah, think, absolutely. Chris, you will, you will understand that. Mm. We need our own space to be able to check in with us. Because mm. checking with us means like, hey, where are we at now? How are we feeling about that? Are we feeling good? And not in, in an analytical way, because when I say check-in, there's mental check-in and there's body check-in. Yeah. Most of us, we are taught, conditioned to mentally analyze the situation, yeah. which is a good thing. However, when we disconnect the fact that body and mind is connected, when we disconnect that and we severe that uh, connection, we, do, we stop checking in with our body, how it's feeling. Mm. So when we feel anxious, we don't really know how to express it we just think oh i'm feeling anxious i just suppress that anxiety i just do something that will be able to that will allow me to be able to deal with that anxiety and let's say for example someone who's feeling anxious right now they feel anxious and they're like oh i feel anxious i don't know what it is let me go and um play some game because that will shut off my feeling of anxiety and not make me feel and make me sit in that discomfort and that disconnection is starting from a very early age. And a lot of kids lately right now, I'm realizing, is feeling anxious, but they don't know how to express it. And what they tend to do is they get stuck on games. They get stuck on uh, different things that doesn't allow them to be able to express themselves and, and release that energy. So I totally agree with you. And, um, and, and the stats just sustains that that more kids are feeling anxious and we have to be very aware, especially if you know, parents are watching it right now, I would say my extension to a lot of parents is to, to see the behavior, to actually just check in with your kid and make sure that they're okay. Cause sometimes you won't even know um, until something wrong happens. And, um, and before that happens, I would say, just check in with your kids and um, just let them know things are good. You know, you have the support you have, we, we are here, there is help. Yeah. And I feel like um, we, are, we need to talk up to our kids because most of the time, um, teenagers, young kids, they don't know how to express themselves and they just shut down and they don't express, they don't share it. Yeah. And um, they go to different things now that we have that's, that numbs our emotion, numbs our feeling of, of pain and um, doesn't allow us to be able to, to, to share and express those, those, um, those harmful situations, for example, anxiety. So I yeah, it's great that this stats came out it's, and um, have that information. Yeah, it, it's good to know, uh, but it's also very concerning. And I think 
there's a few issues with, especially we'll talk about um, teenagers in particular, because that's when you sort of start mm. getting up to mischief when you're sort of a teenager, as opposed to a, to a young child. But um, it's definitely happening um, throughout all age groups, really. Like I think every age group is going through some degree of, of um, crisis, whether it be anxiety or stress or depression. Or I mean, a lot of people, you got to remember, like me, for example, um, everyone knows I'm unvaccinated. So I've like in New South Wales, man, I've been locked down for six months, over six I, months I, now. Yeah. Right. So um, that's just not just me. Obviously, everyone that's unvaccinated is in the same position where they can't just go out, go to the shops, and you know, go shopping. Um, you know, besides the grocery shopping, you know, you can't yeah. walk into clothes stores, etc. Um, so, yeah. I mean, in a way, you sort of feel dehumanized in the sense where, you know, I walk past cafes sometimes outdoors and there's dogs in the cafes with their owner sitting there in the cafe. I can't get into mm. that cafe. You know, so, you, you know, it's, it's not a nice feeling. Um, but look, luckily, um, I've got the means to be able to uh, remain mentally strong and, and push through that without any real issue. But a lot of people mm. don't. And, and man, the messages I get from people, it's heartbreaking when I read them. Um, and I wish there was more that I could do for them, but it's um, mental health will be something where when we look back at this in years to come, it'll cause a lot more damage to the population than COVID ever will. And I'm seeing that a lot in children. I mean, look, children are going to school and they're getting, you know, some, I don't Victoria, where they still have that, where children have to wear masks at school. Um, up here, even though it's not compulsory in New South Wales, a lot of parents are sending their children uh, to school in masks, um, which completely destroys in terms of development. Like if you were talking primary school, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, they re- it's crucial for them at that age to start learning your social cues, you know, facial expressions and reactions and all these things. Um, just the ability to, to connect with another human being including their teachers who are also wearing masks. It takes that away, which is a very important part of communication. Just probably more important than the actual words that have been spoken. So I would have to imagine there's going to be some level of, that's going to be, I don't know exactly how that's going to come out in the future, but um, it'll be definitely, it'll be causing damage for sure. Um, And, you know, teenagers again, higher levels of anxiety means unfortunately higher drug use, recreational drug use, prescription drug abuse, which is becoming extremely common. Um, mm. You know, the amount of, of benzodiazepine abuse that I was seeing when I was working in mental health. Um, and almost, it's always been like a part of like a culture now. Where it's, it's like, it's like, pop, it's like popping, you know, in the morning when you wake up, you have your vitamin vitamins, um, yeah. zinc, um, but um, it's like popping, popping one of those in the morning actually yeah. nowadays. So I agree with you. I agree. I've a seen huge, that too. Huge yeah. problem. And, and I've spoken about this before is that these, it's very important to be aware of your situation. And man, like I was, I went through a very hard time at the beginning of last year, uh, with just some family issues and, and personal issues. And um, I, I was having a hard time. And <clears throat> at the time I, um, I went to the doctors and I got, so I couldn't sleep and become overloaded like overloaded me i couldn't deal with it so i went to the doctor and they put me on a uh, antidepressant which i w- wish i would have known as much as i do now mm. about them because man let me tell you when i tried getting off those things and look in reality i didn't need it i was just going through a hard time um a hard part of my life which we all go through it's normal right. it's normal mm. to be sad it's normal to you know 
but it's become so commercialized now where if you're feeling sad, no, you're not allowed to feel sad. You're your doctors and get on an antidepressant to make you happy again. And um, unfortunately yeah. I bought into that. Um, and man, trying to get off those things was a fucking nightmare. Like I'm talking about body zaps, mm. brain zaps, uh, nausea, couldn't sleep, sweats. Like it was brutal. Um, and that's just me, a lack of, of education. Even though I worked in mental health, it was funny because I, I didn't really know how to deal with it myself. And the thing is that, you know, it's, um, I, w- I would say when you say lack of education, I feel like more so from a space of um, what we've been conditioned to believe. Because it is a conditioning of making us, I guess, believe um, that the, the solution to this challenge is this, um, is this uh, pill. Yes. And that's what we are. We are actually in a, in a society where we, everything is fixed quite very easily, very quickly. Um, fixing up an, an issue, fixing a challenge very quickly doesn't mean it will fix it for the long term. It can fix it for the short term. And you can feel good for that short amount of term, but for the long term, it can have consequences. And but we're not we're not taught to see the long term um, consequences of those of those um, of this problem. We just say, "Hey, we have a problem. We can fix it quickly." Mm. And we are taught to fix very things very quickly. So we go to the, as you said, you go to the to to the doctor, you go to the specialist. Their first thing is like rather than checking in your body, rather than checking in your body, hey. What have you been eating? Can we change your, the, the food that you've been eating? Can you, can you, are you deficient on some, on some uh, minerals, vitamins that can help you, can help you manage that stress, can help you manage that anxiety? Rather than doing that, going from, I believe both um, medicine and holistic has, has, a, has a part and has a place in our world, but we tend to go so far in what the science of medicine is telling us, like that's the solution. Mm. And, um, and and I think that's the problem. We were taught to believe that. It's um, we were not taught to, di- to to believe differently. So I I understand what you mean when you went to the doctor and that's the first thing he says. Um, there's a solution. You're like, great. This is this will fix my problem. Yeah, I take it. Absolutely. The, you know, and the only way for you to know that this is not benefiting you is by taking it. And after a few months, you're like shit, this is actually not really helping me anymore. And I need more maybe. And your body will just keep on, how much can your body take? Because like you will increase the dose by extra one, one pill, two pill, three pill. Then you start like going to in that process of um, over, overreaching, overdoing. And that in itself has another consequence to the body. Well, there's, there's so, a consequence. To, to every action, there's a consequence. It doesn't matter what it is. Right. And, and what I started taking them I, I so what i was on wasn't any hardcore she was just a basic yeah. sort of entry level you would call it um antidepressant which was uh, lexapro uh, ssri the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor yeah um, and you. what that does it it it, it um utilizes um maximizes the amount of, of serotonin in it sort of puts it into a certain part of your brain um because serotonin is what's responsible for happiness right Mm-hmm. So, right. and low serotonin is associated with depression and mood swings and all the other things that we don't like dealing with. But, you know, when right. I started thinking about it, I thought, well, you know what, there's a consequence to this. Like <clears> I'm, <throat> I'm playing with our chemicals in my brain. That can't be good. Mm. So, and then I stopped working. And it's like, oh, that's okay. So up your dose. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Like, do I really need to up it? 
I'm like, I feel better. Like, I feel better to the point where they're like, oh, no, you just need to have, they're trying to push more of it. I uh, mean, I have up to, I think it was like from 10 to 20 milligrams or something like that it was. And I'm and like, it's a big this, jump. Yeah. I'm like, this can't be a solution. And yeah. um, then I started studying a little bit more and researching exactly how it works. And look, there was a lot of studies out there that showed that it wasn't much better than a placebo, right? Mm. So I started thinking, well, is it, is it just in here where I think, oh, it's working? Is it just purely psychological? Like, you know, and I thought, well, I'll try and come off it. And that's when I realized, holy shit, this is no joke. Like when you stop taking those things, you, you go, you're, you're worse than what you were when you first started. Well, that's yeah. not good. Like it puts you in a really bad position. Um, yeah, man. So I wish I knew more back then than what I know now, but um, it is completely, especially at the moment, like with what's going on at the moment, um, I think it'd be almost unusual if someone hadn't experienced some degree of depression, anxiety, and just stress yeah. over the past 18 months. Cause it's been a fucking nightmare from the beginning. It's been people have lost businesses, you know, um, people have, have lost their jobs and, you know, business lockdown. You couldn't do anything for weeks on end. You couldn't even go to the beach, the pools for a walk. It's been tough, man. Very tough. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Cause um, you know, when you talked about your, your challenge last year with the family, et cetera, and uh, what you had to do to be able to, to, find, to reconnect with yourself. Mm. Um, you thought it was a, the, the solution to be able to reconnect with yourself and find an alignment within you that will help you get out of that situation. But what happened is that um, it made you realize that what was given to you or what we were conditioned to believe is right. And what was given to you is really what made you feel worse when you wanted to go back doing to normal life. When I say normal yeah. life, is not having to depend on that pill. Yeah then it made you realize how, how wrong this is because you can't have, you can't depend on something all the time, especially on a pill like that. So stepping back and taking that, that perspective of researching and looking into it is, I feel like something that is very noble too, because like at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who will just be stuck in the fact that let's up the dose because it's easy. It's quick. And the doctor is saying to up the dose, let's up the dose. But you had the mental and uh, capacity and the conscious awareness to take a step back and say, there's something wrong there. Yeah. And uh, that statement, you want to, to research and look into another alternative. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, not just with that, but everything in terms of my health, I've really uh, taken a step back from what sort of what we're all taught and what we all know as being mm. the means to even diet. Like as far as diet, like I believe that it's, it's all your one being, right? Your mental health, your physical, your physical health, mental health, and your spiritual health are all one. Yeah. They're all one individual, but they, 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 they form what, like they form your being. So yeah. I've really focused on, on looking after, and you know what, man, it's, it's pretty, what we all know if you're anxious, you feel it in your stomach, right? If you have mm. bad, bad uh, gut health, that can affect your mental health. So we all know these things. Um, so, I've really taken a step back and focused on those individual elements, physical, mental, and spiritual health, and try to improve each of them. And what I'm noticing is that when I work on something, so it could be my spiritual well-being, which I've put a lot of time into working on, that mm. that will raise my mental health, will improve my mental health. So it goes hand in hand. And same with my diet. If I, and we all know, man, if you there's been a few days where I've eaten like shit back to back to back. Um, and you feel you feel terrible. You're tired. Yeah. You got no energy. You got no motivation. You're a bit down. Like it, it's not good. 
So we all know that these have a, a, an impact across the board, across how you feel. But um, I really feel like everyone needs to really take this seriously. I mean, obviously, I you've agree. done a lot of work and you've done a lot of, um, with your life coaching, what you're doing. Obviously, you know a lot more than what I would. So how do you find, like, how are you, in terms of spirituality, we'll talk about that for a bit. How do you find that in terms of the general population? Do you find that overall, on average, we have a lower sort of sense of spirituality than what we should have? Um, I was going to say actually first, uh, you know, I feel like the knowledge there is not more or less. It's about how willing are you to, to research and to find answers. Because we are given so much, um, all the answers are given to us and we don't go and find the answer ourselves. Um, in the space of spirituality, um, the reason why I'm saying that right now is um, a few years back, 10 years ago, uh, when I, you know, I got married, um, I had a baby. We had a baby, actually, my ex-wife and I. And we had a great life. Great life. And um, everything was great. We had, you know, at the age of 29, I had a few houses. I had a great job, being paid well. And everything was going great in life at that time. And now I'm 40. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say the same. You're four, are but, you 40 uh, years old? I'm 40 years old, correct. No. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> I'm 40. Yeah, you, you look like you're 30. I was thinking before, you're probably thanks, the man. same age. I was going to ask you, 40. No, thanks, man. I really appreciate gonna, that. You're going to send me your um, skincare routine. I will definitely do that. I should actually, <laughs> I should commercialize it too. But um, but yeah, at 29, I thought I had everything done. And I, I'm like, wow, this is it. This is what we fight for. This is what we desire. This is the the term desire this is what we desire mm. to be able to be in a state that we can we have everything we have a you know wife a kid have the means to actually have a great life mm. but what it made me realize is that i didn't have a purpose like a purpose like we mm. talk about purpose for men man needs a purpose i didn't get it and i didn't understand it it's just lady that really that really un understood the term purpose of a man and when I'm using men right now, I'm just not negating the fact that women do have purpose, but I'm just taking it from my perspective yeah. as a man. So what happened is that 29, um, we decided, we, we, re we realized that we were not meant for each other at that time. From our limiting beliefs, we thought that we were not right for each other, my ex-wife and I, and we decided to separate, which was very tough because I had a baby. Everything was great. Everything was good. So from the external, we, you will look at us, you will think that's a perfect couple. But mm. what is going on internally is different. When I say internally, internally in, in, within us is yeah. different. So I stepped away from that and I went to actually Nepal for nearly three, three months, 12, 12 to 13 weeks. I went to Nepal. I went to India, to Nepal. And I was on that, I guess I won't say journey, but just trying to, to really understand who I was because yeah. I was not happy with what I had. And uh, from, you know, the perspective of um, what we are taught, I had everything, but I was still not happy. So I went out and I was thinking, maybe I can find the answer there. And I went out. What really um, surprised me is when I went to one of and what we call the ashram, which is a temple uh, or a place of uh, um, meditation, whatever we can call it. There was a foundation or uh, a temple that I went to and I stayed there for nearly just over, I think, five, five weeks, give or take, because I stayed in a few of them different. I stayed there and I meditated just to learn how to meditate. 
what I was told is that um, they, 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 he to they taught me how to breathe. Okay. And the first time that the person told me, you don't know how to breathe. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is not how you breathe. And I'm like, well, I've been breathing the whole <laughs> It's like 29 years of my life. I'm still alive. I'm doing great. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he told me, no, you don't know how to breathe. And that moment that he said that, I was like, I, this, I did not understand what he was trying to tell me. And in my mind, I'm like, that must be one of your you know, woo-woo type of thing telling me that I've got something wrong with me. But what was, he was really meaning is that I don't know how to really breathe deep inside of me so that I can feel and understand my body. Yes. I was just breathing to survive. I was not breathing and I was breathing to survive and doing. I was always in the doing process. I was not breathing in a space of being comfortable with whom I am. And I was not comfortable really with whom I was. So when he said that, um, and I was like, so why, how do you breathe? And then he expressed me, he, he, he sat down and he showed me how he breathes. So he was doing the process and he's like, do it. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> sat down, did it. And, uh, and of course, you know, the first like think five minutes, I was like, so in my head and I'm like, this is, that's, that's stupid. That is stupid what I'm doing right now. Cause you're just like, what, what is this? Cause like I breathe. Yeah. But then gradually when he actually just, he sat with me, he, he actually held space for me. That's what I should say. He held space for me to be able to get out of my head and to connect with my, with my body, with myself, with my, to just feeling yeah. what my body was telling me. And within five minutes, I was like, wow, that's a very interesting feeling I'm having. It's a feeling that I'd never really connected with before. So from that day onwards, when I got to that experience, I got really intrigued. And uh, I got so intrigued that I started actually wanting to know more about meditation. And that was one of the, the initiation of meditation. Yeah. Though I was given different initiation you know, prior to that, that initiation, that, uh, that um, experience really changed my, my, my approach or my view of uh, being present with myself. Yeah. So... That opened up a door and a start in my life when uh, I started really asking questions about how I'm feeling right now. So dropping in my body. That, that moment really got me into, rather than always asking questions or doing, once I ask some questions, stuck in the cycle of doing and doing and doing, which is usually a, it's a, common, it's a, it's a state of action when you do. Yes. You're always doing. It's a state of action. And what does action mean? It's action means to act. Yeah. To act means to perform. And the more you perform, the less you are in your body, which is being present and checking in with your needs. Yeah. Absolutely. So the more, the more I was in action, the less I was checking in with my body and my needs. And the less I knew who I was until I was given the space to be able to check in checking my body and sit with my body. And it was uncomfortable to sit in your body because you just want to move, you want to think, you want to do different things. And the moment that I really got better at checking my body, I, there was emotions that started coming up, which was strange. When I say emotions, there was emotions of anger sometimes. There was emotions of pain. There was emotions of frustration. There was a moment that I started crying. <laughs> so, which is very interesting because I started checking in my body. 
And uh, what I understood, not on that day, or not even the time that I spent in uh, in uh, in Nepal, but more so when I came back, and the journey is that um, there was a lot of emotion stuck within me that I didn't express, and um, and it came out as me doing things that will satisfy and and flatten the the feeling of wanting to be in those discomfortable situations or uncomfortable situations. And what I'm seeing right now in society, and the reason why I said that and I broke it down from that space is I see the same thing in society. We are rather than sitting and, and seeing how it feels within us, we completely negate the feeling of how we're feeling within us. And we, we decide to act on it by keep on doing being in the state of action all the time because yeah. when you stop and you think and you ask questions it means that you're starting to actually feel in your body it's a moment that you have to really stop and sense and feel okay where is that feeling in my body Oof, it's in my stomach what is it trying to tell me so that's when it starts like really dropping in and trying to feel what your body is telling you which Honestly, we've been disconnected with mind. You know, when you hear mind, body, spirit, we've been disconnected with the mind and body for a long time. And when I talk about body, it's about the, what you eat, how you move, um, and um, all those different aspects. And when I talk about mind, is what do you, what, what type of thoughts are you, are you, um, are you cultivating? Are they thoughts that will make you grow, or are they thoughts that will disempower you? So all that came into play and, um, and yeah, meditation was one of them and being able to sit and be present with myself in the discomfort was one of the initiation that uh, when I say initiation, something that really helped me um, understand where I was, what I needed to do and how I needed to, to move forward. Is that a sort of a, and an, like an out of body experience that you have, or is it more like a, just a really, um, high level of, of self-awareness. Like... It's, um, I think out of body experience, um, I think some people may have had it, I feel. Um, I've had it a few times, but not, not like that. I don't think I was able to get to, oh, I'm not, I'm not yet able to reach that, uh, that, um, that level. I do, I'm aware of that some people can get into a state of meditation where they can just leave their body, et cetera. You hear about all those, mm. you know, yogis or very high level people that does it. I've never experienced it myself. I've done psychedelic, um, ayahuasca, third venom, um, where, where it changed my perception, got me out of my body, got me out more in my heart. That's the, the idea of it. Very unpleasant, very, um, a high level of discomfort. So I but I've never read it. The mushrooms are talking about um, DMT. Yeah, correct. So Toad Venom is 5 and new DMT. Toad Venom, which is uh, what they call Toad Venom, is um, the God's molecule. Yep. It's a very similar to, you know, when you hear people doing ayahuasca. Yep. Ayahuasca is a, a psychedelic, psychedelic plant. Um, and uh, there's different, different um, I think, ways of I want to say wait, sorry. There's different uh, psychedelic um, experience you can have. Mm. Um, five MU DMT, which is toad venom, is one of them. Yeah. Then you have, um, you know, magic mushroom. You have um, ayahuasca. You have different, I think, 
modalities. Um, And that will definitely get you to a state of outer body experience most of the time, not all the time, most of the time. But I've never had that under normal circumstances. Under normal circumstances, what I had and what I can share is uh, a sense of peace, a sense of of, um, serenity and a sense of groundedness. Especially when you're in a chaotic situation, the first thing that you tend to to happen is that, boom, you react to the situation rather than responding to the situation. And I think a lot of people know that, you know, rather than react, respond to, to the situation. So I was in a state of always uh, reacting because I was very impulsive. And the reason why I was impulsive is because I was not able to sit with my body and be grounded. And I didn't know how to to express my emotion, manage my emotions. So I would just react because I wanted to release the energy straight away, which is most of the time very harmful because you hurt someone else when you do that. And you hurt yourself too. So what experience in uh, being sitting with my own emotion, sitting with my own discomfort and checking in my body is that you are able to get to a state of grounding, grounding yourself, where then after you can take a more informed decision on the situation. Yeah, so it sort of slows you, slows your, your, your way of thinking, like you're, pro, you're, you're processing down. So you have time right. to, to think and, and act appropriately where a lot of us, uh, myself included, I'm, I'm guilty of it, that we, we just so always, it's almost like we're always just constantly wound up, like just mm. huge levels of stress on <clears throat> edge all the time. And all it takes is something minor, like someone could beep their horn. And I've had my days where someone just beeps the horn at me and it sends me, like it pisses me off. Because I'm at that point already where I'm, I'm fresh, like I'm just on edge. Um, and when you make decisions, in that that headspace um or making decisions based on emotions which is a huge problem um you don't act rationally you, you act irrationally you, you're acting on impulses and you know instead of having the the time it's like you run out of time so instead of taking a step back and thinking it through and making the correct decision you're skipping that thinking you've gone yep yeah, boom boom and you're acting um to whatever well, uh... it yeah, no, you said something very powerful right now. The time, giving yourself space to be able to process the information is so powerful because it's such a simple process. Give yeah. yourself time or give yourself space to be able to let the information drop in and see how it feels in the body, not only in the mind, but in the body. And what you said is very powerful because we don't give ourselves time. We just react. Yeah. It's so true. And it could be a yeah. lack of, look, a lot of people probably think that's normal in terms of, the way they act impulsively, they probably think that's just a part of life and, and decision making, but it's not. And when I've been really, when I've really focused on my spirituality and, and taken that step back, it makes a huge difference. The way I, I think, the way I speak, the way I even speak to people is different. You know, I come across a lot calmer and sort of like you, where you speak in this tone where it could put me to sleep, right? If I was to sit there and listen, if you have a book, an audio book, I'd buy it to help me sleep. Just put it on and you could drift off. It's very soothing and relaxing, right? Thanks, man. But you see a lot of people that are really in touch with their spirituality. They all got the same sort of tone and it's nice, man. It's a beautiful thing to be in that space where you're calm and collected mm. 24 hours a day. I'm sure you have your moments. We all do. Oh, all, all the time. All the time. 
but yeah. I think it's extremely important to get in touch. But like I said, look, a lot of people, especially especially in this country, man, this country is really bad for it. Um, a lot of Western countries, the US, Australia, the UK, I think New Zealand to an extent, mm-hmm. um, because our way of living is so stressful and it's so full on, like mm-hmm. you have to be on the ball. Like every minute of the day you're awake, you've got to be proactive. Otherwise you get left yeah. behind, right? Yeah. Traffic, the traffic, yeah. like going anywhere, you do with the traffic, the traffic lights, um, you know, you don't get a, you don't really get a moment to sort of sit back and just breathe in this sort of paced environment. It's the closer you get to the city, the worse it is. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. you probably go through a similar thing down there in Melbourne. It's so fast paced all the time. It's everything's moving a hundred miles an hour, which is a huge problem. So true. That's, um, you know, we are always, um, seeking, I guess, um, from a space of, um, what the environment that we're in, we are always seeking. We are always seeking pleasure. Yeah, and um, we have the desire center in the brain, which is constantly trying to kill the pain to keep us safe. When you think about the desire, and you know, you you will get that. You will understand that the desire center of the brain is constantly trying to kill the pain to keep us safe, because that's yeah. what we want. We want to be safe all the time. Then your brain has this. Your brain has been conditioned to avoid the predator, and. Um, which is sometimes classified as what we call the challenge. You know, we want to avoid the challenge to seek the prey, which is the pleasure and safety. And I feel like that's the challenge sometimes because we need both to be able to actually grow. You can't have one side and then just, you know, there's always consequences with having one side. So you need both. The pleasure without pain is a fantasy of the human mind, as they say, where the paradoxes of the opposites are lacking. When those are lacking, uh, leadership of one's life becomes at risk of collapse because you don't have both to be able to bring it together so that you can make a decision that is going to help you grow. You just have one aspect and you think that, okay, this is the solution. But what happens to the other aspect is that you start negating the other aspect and you forget about what this aspect will bring to your life. So operating from that space, um, the paradoxes of the opposites is very important. Because it will help you lead a better life because you know you are aware that there are positives, there are negatives, mm-hmm. and you're okay with that. Um, you're aware that sometimes you know life will be great, sometimes life will be down, and you have tools and skills to manage that. Um, you're okay to know that uh, um, you're not always, always uh, perfect, mm-hmm. but you have your imperfection too, and it's okay. You know, all those things you start ticking and you're like, okay, great. You know what? This is how life is about. And to progress is to be able to to progress in life, I believe. That's from my perspective is to be able to tell yourself and to stand out of the pack. Mm. To stand out of the pack and and be content to be called stupid and crazy. Yeah. Because... You know, standing out of the pack is not a bad thing. It's just because you are thinking a different way, it makes you stand out of the pack. But because you have thought differently now, you're called crazy and stupid. Be content with that because this is a progress in your life. This is a growth in your life. And I think we should celebrate that more than than um, um, putting it down, disempowering yeah. it, if that makes sense. Definitely. And and I think I don't think you can grow inside <laughs> your comfort zone. So what we're speaking about, um, you know, sort of stepping outside of look stepping outside of your comfort zone is very tough no one likes doing mm. it uh but ultimately that's where you grow 
but you don't grow inside your comfort zone. You'll reach a level of, I guess, contentment in there, uh, but then you'll stay there and nothing will really happen for you. Right. Yeah. As when you step out of that, um, it goes nuts. Like things happen and, and good and bad. It's not just all good, but Mm -hmm. look, I mean, and it can happen quickly. Like, back in the January 1st this year, so beginning of the year, nearly 12 months ago now, I was working in a job I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love mental health. I love helping people. Uh, but in saying that I had, um, it was a toxic environment as a whole. The organization I was working for was extremely toxic. Um, but I, I hung around there because I guess I love my job, but more so, um, I was content. I was earning a mm. you know this, a paycheck every week. Uh, obviously, I've got a family, young children uh, to provide for, so I was content. So I just kept my mouth shut, didn't really speak up, just went to work every day, come home, same thing every day. And then when all this sort of happened, I thought I wanted to do a podcast for a long time, and I thought. I just could never get the courage to do it because I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get negativity. People are going to say, and I didn't know how I would, I would handle that. I've, I have been at times in my life, a very anxious person in certain situations. So I was always sort of second guessing myself and just, if I could find any reason to get out of doing something, I would do that uh, to avoid sort of being on show, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So um, anyway, when this all happened and we, we sort of, got hit with COVID and I was unable to work for a period of time because of COVID and um, I didn't want to get tested all the time. So I wasn't allowed to work and it was just a a nightmare, but because I had that extra time, I thought, you know what? I've got nothing to lose now. Um, Fuck it. I just went up and got myself a microphone and the headset and jumped on there and and just started um, and got it done. And um, it's crazy to think like I've had, I got my, my podcast has been number one quite a few times in the entire country which is nuts. I never, ever thought. That's amazing. Getting yeah. A, yeah, man. And, and that's not like, a, it's just, I want people to use that as like, this can happen. And all it took was for me <laughs> to step outside that comfort zone and just go, you know what? I'm just going to do it and take the risk. Um, and look, I've copped a lot of shit, as you probably can imagine. I think we all cop it to a certain extent, um, messages and comments yeah. and whatnot, but fuck it. It's a, just, don't worry about other people's opinions. Don't act. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, uh, don't live your life to please other people because you don't want to, you know, you don't want them to write, the, you know, say things or be negative or, you know, it, it's the worst thing you can do is to live your life mm. according to the opinion of others. Don't do that. Step right. out of that and take a risk. And um, look, in my case, um, mate, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I've, I've got now. And I speak to, to amazing people like yourself and learn things every day and, um, I've got a great group of people around me now that um, are like-minded and mate has been incredible from the place where I was. Um, look, it's unfortunate that I lost my job because of this, <laughs> the vaccine mandate. Um, but I do believe that things happen for a reason. Um, and as I said, I love my job, but the to- as the workplace in itself was toxic. Anyway, I had a fuckwit of, of a boss. Like you do not understand how toxic this woman is like poison. Like you could go into, you could be happy, feeling positive. How are you going? Go in for a five minute meeting, walk out, completely different person. Hate the world, negative because of the, the, so I'm happy I'm out of that toxic environment, but I do miss the work I was doing. It was very rewarding. It satisfied uh, my soul 
in a sense yeah. where obviously I went to work for financial reasons, but obviously as well, it gave me something that money didn't, which was a fulfillment mm. of, of helping other people. So I do miss that. But at the same time, I'm very grateful um, that what's happened has happened um, because it's, you know, I, I'm, I love my life at the moment. It's, you know, considering the amount of bullshit that's going on around me with around everybody with what's happening. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that I'm in a much better position now than I was at the beginning of the year. And it just, by taking a risk and stepping outside of the comfort zone. Bro, that's actually, so that's, you know, your passion comes out, as you're saying right now, your passion comes out and um, your passion was already there. You were helping people and now you can help. You can help not only one person, you can help thousands of people right now, hundreds and thousands of people through that podcast. So which is incredible. your passion is, yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's not because things are difficult that we do not dare. Usually it's because, uh, we do not dare that things are difficult. And uh, right now you just went out and you dared to make um, to make it happen. And uh, you challenged yourself and you made it happen. So mm-hmm. hence the reason why you're rewarded for that because you're on the line of, you're on your highest, your values are very clear. Mm-hmm. Your values are about actually being of service to others, helping others, um, making sure that people are, you know, just being of service. Yeah. So that's it. That's pretty much what you're doing. And you're still doing what you were doing there was reaching out to a certain amount of people. But now you're doing it and you're reaching out outside of Australia even. Yeah, I mean, which is not like I'm sure you, so, you've done a few things that gets, um, you know, a lot of feedback and it's an incredible thing. You know, when you hear the positive, like it's not so much me, it's my guests. So, you know, I'll get mm-hmm. reviews and I'll get messages saying, I really loved your guest. Uh, in this case, will be you. I really loved talking to Ash. I learned a lot from Ash. He's a great guy. Rah, 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 and um, that's amazing because I facilitated that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm not taking the credit exactly. for it because it's all you. It's your knowledge that you spent. But um, it's at least you know I've given I've got the platform to have made that happen, and that's very rewarding for me in itself. But um, I think it's very important as well just to this pandemic has really taught me, especially the last six months, how important our values and morals are and our beliefs, and do not sell them out. Um, as I was saying to you prior to the show. I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. I don't, I don't give yeah. a fuck what, I don't care what anybody does. I honestly don't care. As long as I don't harm another person, I don't care what they do. But mm-hmm. um, I'm about freedom and I really believe in the freedom. We should all have the ability to make our own decisions. We're all adults, right? We're all equal on this earth. Just because someone's a premier or a prime minister or even the queen of England, doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I look at everyone equally. We're all the same. And, you know, if there was a, you know, an earthquake or some, uh, you know, natural event that that that's not going to oh sorry you know we, we can't there can't be an earthquake here because the queen lives there and they don't the earth doesn't mm-hmm. care do you know what i mean the world yeah. doesn't care and that's we're all equal we're all human beings we all have a right to be here on this planet it's all ours equally we have an equal share of it and yeah. i just don't like being told from other people that you should get this and you shouldn't get this and you shouldn't go out you should i don't like that because who are you to tell me that or to tell anybody that it's all our it's, mm. our, it's our, it's our country, it's our planet. We have a right to do whatever we feel. That's why I got really angry at the fact when we were told we can't go to the beach, we can't go for bushwalks, we can't. Hold on a second. We have the, I look at that, like those activities like bushwalking, going to the beach for swim. I look at that as, as, as a healing for me personally. It's, it's a healing. Um, it's a, just like some people may um, go to the gym and lift weights, which, you know, mm. which is fine, obviously. Uh, people may go for a run, people may go for a massage or whatever the case may be. 
going to the beach and going out into nature and exploring. And that to me is a healing activity. Yeah. Um, so that really got to me as well, because we should all have the ability to, to explore our planet. It's all ours, right? Equally. Right. Um, so right. man, our morals and our beliefs, I'm, I'm really, and that's why look, I've, I've lost out on quite a few um, brands that want to, come on the i'm sure you've probably dealt with a similar thing because your opinion on the matter people don't want to mm. work with me yeah no, controversial that's... and it's like man i'm not controversial i'm just speaking up for what i believe in which used to be prior to this pandemic was something you would admire about somebody correct freedom and, and, and freedom of speech um yeah i agree with you and that's the thing i feel like um you know at the end of the day even if someone says something against me I will support their freedom because like it is their freedom to to say whatever they feel is right for them. Mm. Uh, of course, it's not nice to hear like, you know, abusers and stuff, that are taking out abusers. But if they have a feedback that is constructive, and even if it's not, sometimes the ego is hit, it's mm. still a feedback which I can use to better myself. So, and I will support that. I will support that because of the fact that, you know, that helped me, even if it was not pleasant, that helped me to be able to change something that was not serving me. And um, I, I agree with you. I agree, actually, when you say that uh, um, we are now being told that we can't do uh, the most simplest thing in life, which we, the, they're free. Going to the beach is free. I, now I'm not allowed to do that. Going to the nature, walking, you know, um, taking a trip somewhere is usually most of the time when you go, not taking a trip like a vacation, but yeah, yeah. Going to the nature, going for, for a hike, it's free. You just go there and you have a hike and you enjoy it. Now you've been told you can't do that. Um, going to visit your friend is a free, it's a free ride, meaning that yeah. you go and see your friends because you want to reconnect because we are, we are being of meanings. Mm. We like to, most of the time we are, we, physical touch is important. Hugging is important. All that stuff is important because it really releases different hormones that makes us really understand who we are as a person and have meaning. So when all those are being taken away from us and then you wonder like, well, that's not normal and this is not what I stand for. So I totally am on the same, same boat as you because at the end of the day, everyone has the, the, right, the right to choose. Mm. And um, now we are being told that, no, you don't have the right to choose. There's only one way to, to do it. And mm. if you don't accept my, my way, um, well, we'll just have to push you to the side you're not inclusive of the society and that's for me is is what tyranny is about or i want to even dictatorship it's tyranny yeah it is and and it's a problem but it's very unique because it's not just here it's worldwide so it's it's it'll be different look let's be honest if this was happening just here we'd have the us would be would have already been here okay. the military would have been here helping us because that's what we're under look if you were to look at this in five years ago Mm. Like, if this was happening in a let's just say, you know, Iraq or one of those countries that the US love invading, they'd be there already, right? Right. right. But yeah. it's such a global problem where it's yeah. it's very it's unusual times, man. But look, I think the important thing is I don't think like we can only do so much. We can we can attend rallies. We can be vocal about our uh, opinions and, and how we're feeling about certain things, um, which we've done so far for months. Well, there's been hundreds of thousands of people marching through streets over the last <laughs> few weeks. Um, and they still pushed the pandemic bill through. They still 
have decided to start vaccinating five to 11 year old children, even though the backlash, like if you jump on any news site, any TGA post or whatever, and you read the comments, it's hard to find a single person that's supportive of, of that. Correct. It's all negative. Yeah. Right. So barristers, lawyers, etc. even yeah. big, big shots are coming in and saying, this is completely wrong. Yeah. But so... they're still rolling with it and they're doing it, which is what I've said to people that look, we have to do something. You can't do it. Nothing. But at the same time, yeah. you've also got to come to the realization that it probably doesn't matter what we do. They're going to do what they want to do ultimately, which is what's happened. Yeah. So yeah. it's important to start taking ownership of things that we can control. One being, as I said before, our own life, our own health, physical, mental, spiritual health, and putting us in a good place. So no matter what happens, um, we're prepared and we're, we've got the tools available to deal with it. Uh, because... Um, you know, this has caused a lot of health problems for a lot of people. It really has. Mm. People are more, people don't want to go out. I've, I've spoken to many people who don't want to go out because they're genuinely concerned about catching this virus, which is fine. Um, that's their belief. That's totally fine. But yeah. what they're doing, they're, they're deciding to get takeaway delivered to their house. So they're getting pizza and KFC and Maccas and all that bad shit three nights, four nights a week, right? Um, people are drinking a lot more because for some reason it's considered an essential business. So they're still, sure. they're still running. Yeah. And these people are, uh, you know, to deal with the isolation and to deal with the things that have been taken away from their drinking, which yeah. as a result of that domestic violence is increasing, right? Yeah. They go hand in right. hand. I've noticed Yeah. Um, when alcohol use increases, domestic violence seems to follow, uh, which is very unfortunate, but it is what it is, unfortunately. But, yeah. You know, we've really got to get ourselves under. We've got, we've got to regather. Like we've got to regather ourselves and say, "Listen, hold on. Let's just pull ourselves together. Let's work on what we can control, which is our own being and our own, you know, how we feel and you know, our own immediate um, environment, our homes. That you know, you know, just simple things, man. Like just you know, trying to live a bit of a cleaner lifestyle. Um, I agree, and I agree, and that's the thing, like what. What is, I think, great right now is um, that we are becoming, I wouldn't say all of us, but most of us are becoming conscious of the fact that there's different aspects of our life that we can, uh, we can address, that we didn't have time to address prior to that, or we didn't have, think that it was important, but now we're realizing how important they are, what we put in our, in our, in our mouth, what, uh, um, how we live our life what is really important, the people that we want to surround ourselves with. I think all those things are becoming very important to a lot of us. There's a lot of positive out of it, but before we get the, we can enjoy that positivity, there will be a lot of um, earthquakes in between yeah. before we get to that, to that land of, of um, I wouldn't say freedom, but that land of um, acceptance, that land of love, kindness, compassion. Before we get to that, there will be a lot of um, ups and downs. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what happens, whether or not the next time that, because I think you guys down there as well, they're talking about lifting the mandates as well for, is that right? Um, I've heard, because I have a, well, I have a very good, I have a friend who's an MD. I've heard okay. a few things about with, through him. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But most of the time that he said something to me, um, it happened. You know, it did result in uh, in his in exactly his words. It did happen. So right now, I've heard that um, apparently they will um, they will lift the mandates. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. 
but um, they will push the mandate towards the fact that we have no here. And um, I'm guessing the parents will feel bad about the fact that their kids can't go to school, can't do exp- Those are the different things that would may happen. But eventually, what I've heard too is the fact that because they are thinking of opening the borders, people are coming in, then the risk of the virus is going to be heightened. Mind you, it's people who are vaccinated. Nothing wrong with that, but people who are vaccinated is coming in, meaning that whoever is coming in and from their perspective is going to bring the virus. So it's, I'm guessing, vaccinated people. Um, From that perspective, they're thinking of there will be a, a lockdown. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but that's his, um, his share around Jen. After the uh, Austrian Open, there will be something that will happen. So we'll just see what is the situation. Oh, no, man, it's, 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 you know what? So we've got, um, what, seven? So on the 15th here, so just another week, um, the unvaccinated people here in New South Wales go back to normal. So we're finally out of mm. this lockdown, man, finally, because we haven't been able to leave like five kilometers, right? Shit. Yeah, so it's been um, like very, very tough. Um, I went months without seeing my parents, as a lot of people did, um, and, and friends, and, and it's been very tough. But we're nearly out of that now. But as I said to people, man, it, it don't get your hopes up in terms of – because that's bad for you. That's bad for your mental health and your spirit. It, it, when you think something and you believe in it wholeheartedly, then they get let down. Mm-hmm. It damages you just a little bit more each time it happens. Correct. Now, when they say, yeah, like they said the other day, they weren't going to put, uh, I think Dan Andrews and the New South Wales Premier said that they weren't going to be imposing any more lockdowns. But I mean, you said that two or three times already. So yeah. you can't believe them at this point. No. It just, yeah. it can't keep going on, man. It, 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 it's ruining, it's ruining, it's ruining everything. Well, like not just people say ruining the economy, but it's ruining families. It's ruining fucking business. It's ruining everything. You're trying to fix one problem, uh, and we don't negate the fact that there is a virus. There's no, we, no, no one is negating there's a virus, but the way that we're approaching it, the way that we're treating it is wrong. Mm. But, but at the same time, there's a, there's a virus. We are putting all our resources in one thing and forgetting the other things that are going on around us, like mental health, like uh, loss of job. So we are forgetting everything around us, and we're putting our focus in only one thing. It's like investment. When you put your money in one basket that's it you know that's the money is there if you lose it you lose everything yeah absolutely so right now that's pretty much what they're doing they're just putting all their resources and their money in one thing which is like um covid is the problem and forgetting about the other issues that are emanating from their action so yeah that's pretty much the i guess situation we're in right now it's um Absolutely nuts. I can't believe mm. it's still going on. It's crazy. Yeah. And you think it's been that two years now. it's been two years. And you know what? It's it's just yeah. getting like it's look, I don't really think this all st- I, I look at when the vaccines first started rolling out as really the starting point for where we're at now. Because the first 12 months, um, as I've said before in other podcasts, I I genuinely believe that they were acting um with our best intentions at heart. Like I, I think the, the 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 response was appropriate to the situation last year mm-hmm. when we had the federal government running everything, not the state governments. The federal government will take an ownership of it and go, listen. And it, it was better, man. Everything was in uniform. There was no issues with states, you know, beefing with each other backwards and forwards. It was just the federal government were running the show. And the responses mm-hmm. 
the responses were appropriate. There was no segregation. There was none of this bloody two-tier society, what's happening at the moment. Um, there was none of that. It was an appropriate response to the first wave. But I think somewhere along the line, they've realized that this can be used as an opportunity. What that opportunity is for, I don't know. I can only speculate yeah. as everyone else can. Um, but man, needs to... Um, needs to stop. Needs to finish. Needs to stop, yeah. It needs to finish. But to anyway, man, so um, I'll let you go. But where can we find you, Ash? Um, what's your YouTube um, website? So my my website, well, actually, I have a, a brand, a clothing brand that I've started with my um, partner, my girlfriend. It's called lightwarriors.com.au. Um, we have quite controversial stuff, but then at the same time, fun quotes on T-shirts. So that's one of our um, brands, or should I say businesses, where we do a lot of uh, work to not only the clothing, but we have our coaching, we have our detox plan where we help people actually just detox their body, uh, detox their mind and body too. So that's lightwarriors.com.au. Plus I have my uh, Instagram page, which is the Mind Body Coach, where if people want to reach out, they can reach out, send me a DM. I, as much as I as possible, I try to get to everyone with their questions. So that's a great way to, to connect with me, the Mind Body Coach um, on Instagram. I guess well, I'll post those links uh, to the show notes on this uh, anyway. Thanks, brother. Um, Thank I, didn't, I didn't really know you had that. What was it lightwarriors.com.au? Light warriors with a Z at the end.com.au, correct? I'll drop on there afterwards yeah. and have a look. I didn't even. Thanks, man. It's um, interesting, <laughs> man. But listen, anything you do, man, I'll, um, I, I pay attention to because I mean, you're an incredibly smart guy. And I really love how you've combined, you've, you don't just work on one aspect, you work on the mind, body, um, spirituality as well, which is very important. You sort of combine them together, um, which I really love that approach. So, um, mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Welcome on again anytime. I'll post the links to the show notes. Um, awesome. Yeah. Ash, Chris, thank pleasure. you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, brother. Thank you so much for your kindness and at the same time giving me that opportunity to have a chat with you. It was awesome. And by the way, you're doing amazing work. I've, I've watched everything that you post. I watch everything that you do. And I'm very grateful for, to be part of you know your, your surroundings. So thank you Appreciate to you and that, kudos man. to you, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.